This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3015 for Friday the 21st of February 2020. Today's show is entitled Activity Pub Conference 2019 The Semantic Social Network and is part of the series Social Media. It is hosted by Ahuka and is about seven minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is Activity Pub Conference 2019 Building a Semantic Social Network This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate Hello, this is Ahuka, welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio on another exciting episode, continuing our look at the Activity Pub Conference of 2019. Um, and the talk I want to uh, take a look at this time is by someone named Puka Mustard. Uh, you can get a link to the uh, video uh, in the show notes. And his talk is called The Semantic Social Network. Now, if you have been around uh, the web for any length of time, uh, you may have heard the semantic web, uh, something that the W3C has uh, been talking about. And when we talk about that, it's all about, you know, how do you identify and, and deal with data in various ways? So the idea of a semantic network is that various kinds of data are linked. Uh, the model that this person uses has subjects linked to objects via predicates. Okay. Um, well, yeah, nouns and verbs. <laughs> there can be multiple objects for any subject or multiple subjects for any object. And any subject can be an object of any other subject. Now, by linking, we can do interesting queries of data. As an example, consider a search for vegetarian restaurants in Brussels. Brussels could be the subject and take as an object restaurants. And of course, there could be other objects for Brussels, like museums. And one object of that might be the Brussels Tram Museum. Now, if everything is properly linked, you can do queries like, are there any vegetarian restaurants near the tram museum in Brussels? Well, so far, this is just basic search. And when a single entity controls the data like Google, it's not too difficult to manage. Uh, but what when it's a network of independent sites? Now you have to start thinking about how things will be named and labeled. What if one site labels what we want as a restaurant and another says, oh, it's a cafe. To avoid problems, you need a naming convention. 
Now, if you identify subjects and objects using URIs, the ambiguity disappears since everyone has a single unique URI, but then you need to add a name field to make it useful to humans. I mean, think about it. URIs are wonderful, but in reality, what they are is something like 147.23.44.101. And we don't work with stuff like that. You know, that's why we have name servers. <laughs> All right. So, you know, how do you move back and forth between URIs and something that people can deal with? Now, a good place to begin is at schema.org, link in the show notes, where you can find the data to start to essentially do XML on everything. You know, looking there at restaurants, I see it includes the property serves cuisine, which is a text field. You could use this to put in vegetarian as your text, and that takes care of one thing. Another field that's available there is one called Area Served, which lets you identify where it is and so on. It does not look like there is a direct link to nearby museums, but if each museum was an object with a similar geographic identifier, you can see how it would link things. If you used URIs to name the properties, which you can do through schema.org, you are pretty close to the Resource Description Framework, or RDF, which is a W3C standard model for data interchange and part of the Semantic Web Project. So, see how that all ties back in? Now, where ActivityPub enters this picture is when you have an agreed structure for identifying data. As an example, suppose Alice and Bob are on two different servers. Bob makes a post, and Alice likes it. Then Clarissa, on yet a third server, sees that Alice liked Bob's post. The idea of federated media is that you should be able to link to any remote content in an understandable way. Of course, this could go beyond ActivityPub, since it's the agreed framework that matters, and in essence that is what the W3C is trying to establish with the resource description framework, i.e. RDF, and the Semantic Web Project. But because ActivityPub is a shared protocol, it makes it very easy to get there. That's why the speaker on this talk makes this definition. The Fediverse is a distributed graph of interlinked content created by social interactions. And that's a fascinating description. And that's why he says this is, in fact, the semantic social network. It's that interlinked content. Now, this in turn means ActivityPub content can be seen as documents or as graphs. A graph can be traversed and queried in interesting ways. There's no limit to the kind of data that can be created in a crowdsourced manner. Open data sets are publicly available. Link to them. As an example, see the five-star open data plan from Tim Berners-Lee, W3C guy. Uh, and there's a whole semantic web community with tools, research, standards. Right. 
Um, now, towards the end of this, there was some discussion about the use of JSON-LD. And that's JavaScript Object Notation for Linked Data. And from the discussion, I got the impression that somehow using JSON-LD is controversial. I have to admit, I don't get what the dispute is about. Um, <clears throat> but if you know all about that and you want to do a show, <laughs> by all means, do so. Uh, but right now, um, that's quite enough for me. This is a hookah for Hacker Public Radio signing off and saying, support free software. Bye-bye. <laughs>